Welcome to a powerful encounter with the Word of God, brought to you by Eastwood Annabelle. The Lord mightily bless you. Today, I, w- I want to go straight away and start talking about the deity of the Holy Ghost. When we, when we talk about the deity of the Holy Ghost, we are talking about the fact that the Holy Ghost is God, that the Holy Ghost is God. The Holy Ghost is not an it, he is a person. And we discovered that the other day that the Holy Ghost is a person. So you will have to deal with the personality of the Holy Ghost. That I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. And he will dwell with you. And he said he will teach you. So the Holy Ghost is a person. Now, you will walk about and you meet many people and they argue against the deity of even Jesus. And they will argue that Jesus Christ is not God. You, they will tell you Jesus Christ is a God. He is not God. And some too say he's a prophet. He is not God. But you read your scriptures and it's very clear that Jesus Christ is God. And if people can argue about Jesus Christ being God, then people will definitely argue about the Holy Ghost being God. Okay? So you and I want to find out, is, is, is the Holy Ghost God? The mandate of the Holy Spirit, the, the work the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. When Jesus left the earth and he said, I will send you another comforter. That word another is the Greek word alus, which means I will send you a comforter just like myself. Just like myself. And if Jesus is God, then the Holy Ghost must be God. Because you see, there is no way the Holy Ghost can do the work of Jesus. Who is God if the Holy Ghost is not God? So, this Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is coming into the earth. And he's coming to fill all the disciples. 120 people in the upper room. And after that, all the believers that are on earth, every one of us, we are the temple of, the, of God and the Holy Ghost dwells in us. That means the Holy Ghost is coming to fill all of us. He must be God. He, he must have a universal presence in order to do what God has assigned or God the Father has assigned the Holy Ghost to do on earth. So the Holy Ghost is in all of us. He fills all of us. And um, the writer of the book of Hebrews talks about the the fact that he has some attribute of God. But if the Holy Ghost is God, then he must have all the attributes of God. All all the things that make God, God. The Holy Ghost must have them. Number one is eternity. Eternity. The Holy Ghost has to be eternal in order to be God. Number two, the Holy Ghost has to be omnipotent in order to be God. Then the Holy Ghost has to be omnipresent in order to be God. And the Holy Ghost has to be omniscient before he, he, you can say he's God. So omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, and then he's eternal. I want to be dealing with the eternity or the eternal nature of the Holy Ghost today. The eternal nature of the Holy Ghost today. The writer of Hebrews said that how much more shall the blood of Christ, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot unto God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. How much more shall the blood of Christ go through the eternal spirit? So Jesus did everything he did 
through the eternal spirit. He shed his blood through the eternal spirit. He took that blood into the holy of holies through the eternal spirit. Because sometimes you are just wondering, how can somebody, the Bible said he took his blood, he, he, he went into the holy of holies and every high priest must go into the holy of holies with the blood of the sacrificial animal. And when we say that Jesus' blood was placed on the mercy seat for our sins to be forgiven. Now, people, how are you going to do this except by the Spirit? Because in the first place, how did he collect the blood? It's not like you've gone to a lab and they've taken some device and they picked sample of your blood. This one, they are nailing him. Some of the blood is spilling on the ground. Some of it is spilling on the ground as he walks to the cross. They pierce his side. Blood and water comes. It spills on the, on the hill. So how did that blood appear in the Holy of Holies in heaven? He did it by the Spirit. By the Spirit. By the eternal Spirit. So everything Jesus did, he did by the Spirit. The way they beat him. The way they nailed him and tortured him. And he didn't die at the time he died. It was by the eternal Spirit. The way he hung on that cross. And before they could break his legs. Because scripture forbade it that his legs should be broken. He is supposed to hang there, but his legs are not supposed to be broken. And he died at the right time, even before they came to break his legs. All of it was by the eternal spirit. That everything he did, the Bible said, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unto God, without spot, how did he live without spot, no sin? It was because of the Spirit. Now, so when he says, I will give you another comforter, that he may dwell with you forever, what he is saying is that the same blood, the same anointing, the same Spirit with which I did what I did, that same Spirit is going to be given to you. That same grace is going to give it, be given to you. And today, I want us to look at the eternal nature of the Spirit of God working in our lives. That word eternal is the word aeneos, aeneos in the Greek. And it means without beginning or end. Something that is without beginning or end. Something that is past, present, and future. Past, present, and future. When they say aeneos, they are talking about age-long we are talking about something that is perpetual. We are talking about something that will never cease. Eternity is the infinitude, infinitude of God in relation to duration. The infinitude of God in relation to duration. That is eternity. Now when you talk about the omnipresence of God, you are talking about the infinitude of God in relation to space. But this one is the infinitude of God in relation to duration or time. That you look at time and sometimes you try to think, so when did God come into existence? How did God come into existence? And they'll tell you in the beginning. The other day mom was asking me a question and the question has to do with Jehovah. And I'm just thinking, Jehovah, Jehovah, what does it mean? I am that I am. Jehovah. I am, I am who I am. What? Tell them. Jehovah. Yahweh. What does it really mean? 
And it's very, very difficult sometimes to define God. And one of the things you find difficult to define about God is his eternity. That he was there before he was there. He was there before time could be counted. That he was there from the beginning. And Jesus comes, he fulfills all his mandate by the eternal spirit. He did everything, shed his blood. And we want to look at the impact of the eternal Holy Ghost on you. If Jesus did it by the spirit, how does the spirit help you do what you are supposed to do? Now, we can talk about the attribute of God, that, that he's eternal. But what does that eternity of God have to do with me and you? Because, you know, for God himself is eternal. And whether you believe it or not, it doesn't change anything. He's, he's always God. But what I learned in this text, which really blessed my life, is that it gave me more confidence to serve God. It gave me confidence that he fulfilled his mandate through the eternal spirit. And you also must fulfill your mandate by the same method that is the eternal spirit. That means until you understand your eternal nature. Somebody say, my eternal nature. Come on, shout it, your eternal nature. Scream it again, your eternal nature. Come on, scream it again, your eternal nature. Some of you are sitting here thinking one day you are going to die. That is a lie. That is a lie. Very soon I'll show you. Very soon I'll show you. You cannot die. You don't die. I thought you would clap. Look at the look at the way you are staring. Now, it's so simple, yet you cannot believe it. There's not one of us here who is born again who will die one day. Or you didn't read the scripture. He that believeth in me will never die. Look at them clapping. Are we in leprosy school? <laughs> Sometimes when Angie and the spirit until we don't even know who we are again. Now, tell me, if God is eternal, does God die? Huh? God is eternal. Does he die? Oh, all of a sudden you forgot in your Bible. God is eternal. Does he die? Now, what kind of life do you have? Somebody shout eternal life. Come on, shout it eternal life. So now, because it is you, the meaning of eternal has changed. So if it is God, eternal means forever. Eternal means don't die. It will not die. Eternal means past, present, future. Eternal means perpetuity. Eternal means from the beginning of time to the end. So when it is God, it means that. And when it comes to you, then suddenly eternal has changed meaning. No, the meaning of eternal when it's God is the same meaning of eternal when it is you. That is why you see even unbelievers struggling. And when somebody dies, they put their transition. They say passing into glory. Humankind is trying their best to make sure that they understand and they really believe that life continues even after this life. Now listen to me. You must be eternity minded. And very soon I will show you. This thing is very interesting. You know, eternity minded in the sense that you have the present. 
But eternity means present, past, and the future. Today I was walking about in the house and I told myself if the time we started digging the foundation of that house was the time we started building the house that house would never have been built because I remember my salary when we were building the house. I told myself this house must have been a product of an eternal idea in the mind of God that before I was even born this building existed. This church I'm standing there I showed the pictures to my the picture to my daughters I said you can believe this picture is in Borga when the choir was singing. How did it appear? Eternity. Your understanding of eternity must be very strong and you will have to start believing it now. So I want to begin by talking about the, the, the eternal life that God has given to us. That God has given to us eternal life. Come on, somebody, somebody shout, shout it. I have eternal life. Come on, scream it. I have eternal life. Scream it again, I have eternal life. Scream it for the last time, I have eternal life. I have eternal life. You have eternal life. And this is the record. I like that. Didn't you? And this is the record. And this is the record. And this is the record. That God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. And he that has a son has life. And he that has not the son has, got, has not got life. Record. This is the record. This is the evidence that is given. Judicially or generally, this is the evidence. This is the evidence that God has given us eternal life. This is the record. This is the report. This is the testimony. That God has given us eternal life. Somebody say, God has given me eternal life. Come on, say it again. God has given me eternal life. Say it for the last time. God has given me eternal life. This is the testimony. This is the evidence that God has given us eternal life. So everyone of us sitting here, you've got eternal life. And the eternal life is not based only on the longevity of the life, but the quality of the life. That God has given you life, high quality life. E.W. Kenyon calls it the God kind of life. The God kind of life. Everybody shout the God kind of life. Say it again, the God kind of life. But, but, but people, sometimes the, the, the devil has a way of tricking us. He uses all kinds of tricks on us. He, he does all kinds of things to us. And you see many believers, and they don't even believe in eternal life anymore. We behave like we don't have eternal life. Demons attack us anyhow. Principalities and powers, they come into our life anyhow. Before long, we forget that we are supermen that are walking the face of the earth. When Jesus came and said he was eternal, he was showing us how to live. The man came on earth and showed us, this is all eternal life is all about. You can walk on water. That is eternal life. I thought you would clap your hands. But you know, 
Many of us are still living life less than Adam. Adam before he fell. That is the way we are supposed to live. But we are living the life of the fallen Adam in spite of being born again. Today, anybody under the sound of my voice who has become a victim of nature, may God deliver you from being a victim of nature. The Bible said the endless expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. It means that at a certain point in your life, when you got born again, God took his life and poured it into your life. So you are peace unspeakable, joy unspeakable, power unspeakable. You now ascended above nature. And when you live in Bogatanga, you don't live in Bogatanga. You live in him, you move in him, and you have your being in him. You have become different from the rest. Listen to me. You are different from the rest. Otherwise, how would God call you a holy nation, peculiar people, royal priesthood? A chosen generation. It means you have become different. You are not like them. You work at the place where they work, but you are different. So here he is. Eternal life. This is the record. Everybody say, this is the record. Come on, shout it. This is the record. This is the evidence, judicially or generally. This is the record. The record is not that you got eight once in an exam. It is four A's in an exam. No, 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 no. The record is not that you won a football match. The record is not that you are the most intelligent person in your class. The record is this, that you have eternal life. You have eternal life. You are different from the rest of the people. You are living a superior life. Your life is a high life. Am I talking to somebody at all? You cannot sin the sin they sin. You can't do the things they do. Your life is of a high standard. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said, Corinthians, why are you living your life like mere men? It means you are not a mere man. And in the midst of the corona pandemic, I declare to you now, you have eternal life in you. A thousand will fall on your side, ten thousand on your right hand. It shall not come nigh you. I came to tell somebody right now, you are a different kind of person on earth. Paul is carrying eternal life a snake bit Paul and Paul did not stand there and say he shook the snake into the fire and remained standing and the poison of the snake could not kill him that is why I declare today now in the name of the Lord Jesus you carry eternal life it's in your bone it's in your blood it's in your flesh it's in your mind it's in your spirit it's in your soul it's in your emotions if you can shout something is happening to you eternal life eternal life now it's very difficult for me to describe eternal life but maybe when you know the beginning and you know the end you will understand eternal life the beginning you and I can remember you see you cannot remember as far as eternity was and where eternity eternity started i may confuse you a little but you will recover tell somebody you will recover <laughs> yeah if you want to know the kind of life when jesus died and gave you eternal life he corrected the consequences of the fall that adam fell otherwise christ died in vain 
He didn't die just to carry us to heaven. No. He died for you and I to live eternal life. He said this is the record that he has given us eternal life. He didn't say this is the record that he will give us eternal life. We have the eternal life already. Now, if you want to know what eternal life should be like, you go to the Garden of Eden and you look at the life of Adam in the Garden of Eden before the fall and you look at the book of Revelation and look at the heavenly Jerusalem, the kind of life that will be in the heavenly Jerusalem. And when you take the two, then you understand what eternal life is all about. By the way, let me just give you a glimpse of what you are supposed to be. You are supposed to be like three things if you have eternal life. Jesus came and the Bible said in him was life. In him was life. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. And he said this is the light that shineth upon every man that is born. That means what Adam was in the garden of Eden. When Jesus, what Jesus was when he was walking about on earth. And then what is in the book of Revelation in the heavenly Jerusalem. That is the life you are supposed to be living. Let me help you a little bit with Adam in the Garden of Eden. Adam in the Garden of Eden. God created all these animals and brought it to Adam. He named every one of them without going to a classroom. Listen, education has created many illiterates. Can I say that again? Educated education has created decorated illiterates. I have seen them everywhere. Bachelors, masters, doctors, professors, and they can't think beyond their nose. The kind of wisdom, the kind of education, the kind of intellect we are supposed to carry is not in a classroom. It is in us. When we received eternal life, the thing was in us. Adam was born with the thing. I beg your pardon, he was created with the thing. The man got up, he said, started naming animals. And then we are told about the Garden of Eden. And the Bible said the rivers were there. River Euphrates and all were there. And the Bible talks about the gold. And everything God put in the garden. And God told him now, you want, I want you to till this land. Cultivate it. Be fruitful and multiply. That means even if Adam had not fallen, the Garden of Eden would have developed into something even nicer than the Times Square in New York. I came to tell you that everything we are seeing on, on earth if man had not fallen we would have seen nicer things we would have seen better things we would have seen greater things am i talking to somebody at all and i pray for somebody right now and as i'm preaching the lord has opened my eyes and i'm seeing a park i'm seeing a field on that field i'm seeing so many people i'm seeing so many people and all of them are picking things on the ground. They are picking, some are picking paper cartons, some are picking rags, some are picking, they are picking all kinds of things. And the Lord is telling me, Isud, don't mind what they are picking. Don't mind what you see them picking. What they are picking, Isud, don't mind what you see them picking. It's not really rags, it is not really cardboard they are picking. He said, my son, don't mind what you see them picking. What they are actually picking is their life. I see people by the spirit, you are picking up your life. Any life which is substandard and it is not up to eternal life. Oh, Yehoah, to go and rent a single room and you are living in it, that is not the eternal life you are supposed to be living in.
to be looking for a job where you are depending on somebody to give you a salary at the end of the month that is not eternal life listen to me i introduce you to a life of a manager when god gave us eternal life he said be fruitful and multiply he said have dominion over the earth so you were created to have dominion you were created to be a manager you were created as a ceo i pray in the name of jesus that the greatness that is in you will come alive today in the name of jesus and as somebody's clapping that is you you know what you know what to live in bogatanga and create desert pastures international school is eternal life god created you to create he created you to build he created you to do something as i speak today i pray may you receive the original version of eternal life the original version of eternal life is not to be to say i'm born again and look miserable and wretched until unbelievers are looking down on you let me ask you a question the life you are living is that the life as antihemi's children live children live is that the life president nana kufado's children live i'm telling you if you are born by a king your life will change if a king adopts you your life will change i came to tell somebody this your miserable life is not the life you are supposed to live this your miserable life is not the life you are supposed to live and you know every day you, you, oh jesus it is the same way people are children of god and they are struggling on earth people are still living surplus they are eating surplus they are eating the crumbs and jesus said you cannot take the bread of the children and give it to dogs and the woman said even the dogs eat the crumbs but i am seeing children of god who are eating crumbs unbelievers didn't our man will be a d unbeliever man we are unemployed unbeliever today we are changing it receive it in the name of jesus today we close the service we're going home there was a girl who had grown violent and wild wild i saw one protocol one security and they had held her by the hand and they were dragging her and i told her let her come to me and she has done this like mike tyson right here so i told the security i said leave it let her come. Leave her. Let her come. And they were still protected. I said, oh, please, let, let her come. She came. I put my hand on her shoulder. And I began to talk to her. Then I talked to, turned to one of my daughters and I said, if this tiny girl can hurt me, in spite of the fact that greater is he that is in me, that is in the world, then my eternal life is fake. No, no, no. That, listen. How can two security people be preventing this tiny girl from coming to me? I said, when she comes to me, she's going to hurt me. I said, no, 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 no. She can't even hurt the, the smallest human being in this room because the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. And I don't think this one could have hurt John the Baptist. Anybody clapping, you are discovering who you are. Eternal life. Eternal life.
eternal life is the one who somebody takes a sword and cuts another person's ear. And he says, you don't have to do this. My father could have sent 12 legions of angels to protect me. That's eternal life. And this is the life that we have in him. It's called eternal life. It is high quality life. There's no depression in it. There is no sorrow in it. There is no frustration in it. There is no confusion in it. Eternal life is sweet. Eternal life has no regret. Eternal life has no suicide. Eternal life has no confusion. Eternal life has no fear. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of sound mind. And we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But we have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Eternal life. Eternal life. <laughs> Can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? Even the eternal life must affect the motorbike you ride. Anybody who can lift up your hand and shout the loudest shout, even the car you drive has changed. <laughs> And the food you eat has changed. Now, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this. You talk about eternal life, you don't understand it. When I look at the Lord's prayer, I see eternal life. Eternal life means now, beloved, now are we the sons of God. 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 But I like the way Christians spiritualize everything. We are the sons of God spiritually. I believe you've been blessed by this message. For further information, please visit www.eastwoodanaba.com. God bless you richly.